Unlock the mysteries of tomorrow with Nostradamus, the greatest seer of the 16th century. His cryptic verses have whispered of future events, leaving us to decipher secrets hidden within his prophetic words. Dive into the intrigue where history meets prophecy in a dance that transcends time. Tonight on Newsworthy, two words and two question marks. scoured the podcast world and finally found us newsworthy with steve and jerry where we delve into all things mysterious macabre or out of this world and decide if they are truly newsworthy two words and two question marks Hello, I'm Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. Tax season is upon us. Did you know that 47% of Americans are planning to use their tax refunds for everyday expenses, home improvements, and vacations? What if you used your tax refund for a new home instead? Again, this is Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. Your tax refund can be used towards down payment, closing costs, or paying down existing debt to help get approved. So before you spend that tax refund, let's get together and see how to best utilize those funds to invest in your future and your new home. Call or text me at 502-680-0953. Again, that's 502-680-0953. NMLS ID 448-908, DAS Acquisitions, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, NMLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Hey, guys. How's it going? Brad, you're back from the circus. The Dollar General parking lot circus. (laughs) The circus was way worse than the zoo. Really? Worse than the zoo? Surely not. Wow. I thought you would get such excitement for being, like, you know, the center of attention and stuff. World's tallest gnome, the incredible bearded man. No, did no, you not so much? Not not get many visitors at the zoo no. or at the circus. Got threw up on a couple times. Oh, had to change some poopy diapers. <laughs> <laughs> the circus is not be. fun. <laughs> okay, so Brent wasn't actually a. At the circus. No, say it ain't so, Joe. (laughs) He had to help take care of babies. Yeah. They were my own, so. Yeah. Not like random babies just walk by and throw up on you. That would be, first of all, that'd be terrible. That would be terrible. I would hate that. I didn't change a dirty diaper until I had kids. The first dirty diaper I ever changed was at the hospital. And I was like. I, I think remember, that I probably remember. describes like 99% of most men in the world. I, I told the nurse, I was like, look, I've never changed a diaper. I need you to show me what to do. Because <laughs> my, 
to, my wife was like, she was trying to coach me. She's like, here, practice on this baby doll. I was like, no, I'm just going to figure it out when we go. <laughs> when we're ready, I'll I'll do it. But No nieces, nephews to practice on. Oh, I did. Time. They tried. And I was oh, like, okay. no, I'm not. <laughs> and even now, it's you like refused. any other kid grosses me out. If it's my kid, I'd, for whatever reason, it, it doesn't bother me. But any other kid, dude, dude don't, don't even get near me. <laughs> it's like. I have grand. Jerry and I are probably a little different. I have grandbabies, and I won't change a diaper. Mm-mm. I'm out. I am out. Ask Come on, me. no, seriously, seriously. So you wouldn't babysit your grandchildren? Nope. Are you kidding? After <laughs> their body training. <laughs> ask ask any of my children what 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 I told them. Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> ask any of my children what I told them. I'll tell you what I told them. What'd you tell them? I told them when. They can use the bathroom by themselves and tell me what's wrong. I'll be, be they can come over anytime they want. Come but you have missed so much of their life at that point. No, I ain't yes, missed nothing. No, because they can come over with their parents and I get to yeah. see them. Yeah, I got you. I don't know how it would be with grandkids. I I just know how I'm with kids right now. So, <laughs> you know, my kids, I, I did all the things. It wasn't a thing, but I just know. I have. <laughs> Two grandsons, I pick them up from daycare two days a week and keep them for a couple of hours. And, uh, yeah, obviously with that comes some dirty diapers. Yeah. The first one, uh, Nikki did not want to send him to daycare for when he was real small. And uh, I kept him three days a week at that point, all day. And another grandparent kept him the other two days a week. So he didn't go to daycare until he was seven or eight months old. Oh, wow. I think that's so much better because. <clears throat> I'm we, so glad he was able to spend that period of time without having to go to daycare. Yeah. we. I remember when we sent uh, my oldest to daycare. She's the only one who's ever been at daycare, um, luckily. But the the person who was watching her sent us a video of her. Just, she was when she was like six months old. Like she was pretty young. She was just laying in the floor crying. And she sent it to us like it was a joke. I was, why would they send that to you? Why, indeed? I, I don't know. I mean, if you're wanting the kid to be withdrawn from the school, good yeah. way to do it. Yeah, and it's, it was like a last-minute thing. We didn't really know her, but we had, like, recommendations. And, but anyways, it, like I said, it's I, I might, none of our kids have been in a daycare or any sort of thing like that. Yeah, so. You have a grandmother, I think, that watches them. Right, right yeah. yeah. We're, we're lucky in that regard. Otherwise, we could not afford child care. <laughs> you guys are but, lucky, and even more so your grandchildren. Or your children. Their oh, yeah. And you can tell a difference, too. Even with, like, them and their cousins. Oh, like, sure. It's, you know, my, my mother-in-law, is she's a retired principal, so and she's able to teach them. You know, my four-year-old, she's already starting to read. And anyway, so. I got, my really nieces good. are like that. Yeah. You know, my wife's family, her sister, her two daughters, go same deal. Her, her Their mom's a retired teacher. They got a, a pretty awesome situation. Yeah. No, it's nice. Makes a world of difference, you know. But and that is a blessing, you know. There's a lot of folk out there that that, that have no other option, you know. Yeah. They got to spend the money on the daycare. They have to spend the money, and the kids have to go to school for young parents. Yeah, yeah. and you know it, it. It's a sacrifice, you know. Yeah. That's that's you know that's a huge chunk of money coming out of the budget every month yeah my wife would just not work if we had to pay child care yeah because i mean it's ridiculous how much it i mean you know two 250 a week 
for each kid. <laughs> That's insane. So, and like you might get a video of your kid just laying in the floor crying. Right. You didn't know what they're <laughs> doing with them. You didn't want the hair. Jeez. So you know, I I I had one bad experience with one of my kids, but that was actually at a school that wasn't at a daycare. That my kids had to go to daycare. Um when they were very little but we had a for all intents and purposes had a great daycare center that we used um never had a bad report never had a bad you know the teachers were invested in them them on a first name basis and presented like they cared so that was good but uh um, when they came to live with me they you know mom was there so she got she helped that lot so you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. But, you know, I, I just, maybe I do miss out on a little bit. But none of my grandkids live here either. So, you know, all of my grandkids live in different cities. So I couldn't be a big help to them anyway. Right. And I did watch one of them occasionally. I thought I'd heard you did. But, you know, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> Just so the others don't get any ideas. <laughs> we don't want any. Well, they're all older now. I only have one left in diapers, so it's okay. <laughs> and has any of them promised you that they're through for huh? sure? And has any of them guaranteed you that they're through? Um, no, exactly. So, just my daughter. They she, may she all can't be. have any more babies. Okay. No more babies. So you got a few more to worry about. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure most of them are all done. You know what? If they didn't actually, if they can't say what your daughter says, I can't have any more. No. There's no guarantee. Well, I know they're kin to me. That, <laughs> All I right. had to do was look at somebody long and hard, and there they would go. get pre pregnant. <laughs> I think we just figured out why there was so many. We just figured out where they're coming from. <laughs> oh, that's mean, Jerry. That's mean. So sorry. Hey. Listen, what? while we're talking about things of this nature, I don't mean to brag, but I, I'm pretty happy with myself. I actually put a, put together a puzzle in just one day. Really? Yeah. How many pieces? Uh, well, I don't know, but on the box it said from two to four years. So <laughs> I got it done in one day. We're proud of Just, Just say. Good job, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> you go. <laughs> Question, have you guys, either one of you, have you ever tried blindfolded archery? No. No. You don't know what you're missing. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Oh, that's good. I like it. Speaking of archery, my wife keeps complaining that she misses me. That's nice. I'm just glad she's not a better shot. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That pertains to the conversation we had before we went on the air, right? (laughs) I told a similar joke for years after I was divorced. Years later, I was telling people, I still miss my wife. Yeah, right. The good news is my aim's getting better. (sighs) Yeah. Not a very nice politically correct joke, is it? No. Considering y'all are better friends now than you ever were when you're married. (laughs) Don't worry. I've told her the same joke. (laughs) You know, that's, I think that 
In all seriousness, I think that is a sign of actual maturity. You know, on both parts, it takes two. One can't do it, just like a marriage. One can't do it, so it's going to. We uh, we have the same type relationship. Me and my ex, it's the same deal. We're we're better friends now than we ever were when we were married. You know, and we get along great. We talk. You know, not on a daily basis, but on a weekly basis usually, and just checking in. Hey, how you doing? When I was going, there's through a the, lot to be said for that. When I was going through the cancer thing, she would send me a you know just random message. Hey, just got you my prayers today. Hope you're doing having a good day or whatever. And, That's awesome. Um, and as good as it was for you and her to to feel that way when you're helping each other, the ones that benefits the most is who. The kids, Absolutely. the grandkids, you know. Which is what it really case. should be about to begin with, yeah. but sadly, yeah. usually isn't. Well, that was the whole thing, you know. Um, our our friendship started with uh, when, when I want to say it was uh, graduation on one of my boys, and, you know, she came over and she said, oh, hey, oh. you know. Afterwards. Yeah. After the like, divorce. I was yeah. thought you was going back to the very beginning. I was oh, like, no. that's not how you all no. first got to be friends. No, she said uh, she came over and she was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know you did a great job raising the raising the boys." Well, that's got to make you feel good. Yeah, so you know, I was cool, and we just kind of hit it off from that. So. The, the way they met wasn't bad. You looked at me like I was telling a bad story. He no. left her move. Yeah, that's yeah. the way they first. I think more. I mean. I won't go into too many details, but yeah, that was the beginning of it, I think. Yeah, we were at Big Lots, actually, yep. in Nicholasville. <laughs> I was dating some other girl at the time. <laughs> <clears throat> Weird. Then you looked at her and got her pregnant, right? No, <laughs> no, gosh, no. Lord, no. Um that was a whole weird thing because I was already like had two babies and didn't want any more babies. <laughs> I, I didn't want any more babies. But I, there was a vision that had been had, and I ended up with more babies and grandbabies. And, and I would have never known you. Yeah. So. Brett would have never been here. I've probably mm-hmm. never lived here. There's a whole lot of weird, you know, everything happens in life for a reason, I think. You know, it regardless, yeah. people always say, you know, I'm 48, and people always say, well, what would you change in your life? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Everything that I've done to this point has gotten me to this point. Yeah. If you take one co- one of those components out, it changes the whole trajectory of everything. And I don't want I'm happy with where I'm at. Right. You know, was it hard at the time? Yes. Did it suck at the time? Sure. Um, would you rather, you know, I would rather be rich instead of pretty, but Hey, these are the things we're blessed with. We take what we can get. I'll just sit here and be handsome and broke and, you know, not be like Jerry, ugly and rich. So I felt the same way until I went to the eye doctor and got my prescription renewed. Oh, you did. Yeah. That's good. And then now you I'm get just to look saying, across from me. Same and- much. No, no, you get to look across at me with your new glasses, and you're like, "Damn!" I don't have to look across at you. I've got that fan shaped <laughs> picture of your face at my. Do you still sleep with that? You do, don't you? Do I still sleep with it? Yeah, like on no, on I the other over. side of the bed. I over it. It's in a hole under the house. <laughs> Whatever. 
When we start video, you definitely need to bring that in. <laughs> I don't think the room's big enough to hold it, to be honest with you. This thing is huge. I, literally, it's like this big. I, I'm That's not joking. One of the scariest things in my life. <laughs> First time I laid eyes on that. Oh, so, should we actually we? get to the topic today? Why not? <laughs> oh, well, we're back on Wednesday. That's good. Yeah. So that makes me happy. I feel a lot better. Last week was rough. So this week's much, much better. You look and sound much better, too. Oh, yeah. I know. Thanks. <laughs> hey, you had nowhere to go but up from where you were. That's true. Just say. That's true. So, tonight we're going to talk about a gentleman who was born a few years ago. Just a couple. Uh, he was born in December of 1503 and lived all the way to July of 1566. Now, you may be wondering, why on earth would we want to talk about somebody who lived so long ago? And the reason is because people will not let this lie. <laughs> Every year, yeah. there are more and more and more predictions made and more and more uh, things read into some of this man's writings that, um, for lack of a better word, is visionary, if that's what you want to say. I think imaginary is probably closer <laughs> to the word, but we're going to get into that. We'll let you guys make your decisions, and I don't want to taint it. So we're talking about Nostradamus tonight. Um, and, of course, Nostradamus's predictions and his quatrains and uh, a little bit of his history um, we could talk for days and days and days about Nostradamus, and, and we can go into his past and all of what he used to do, and and we'll get into some of that tonight, because some of it's really important. Um, we're going to get into some of his, Jerry, I think, is going to cover some of his past um, predictions that have, and I'm using air quotes, come true. Um, Brett's going to cover some of his future predictions and when they, we can expect that to happen. Um, is California still here, by the way? It is. Oh, okay. So it didn't fall into the ocean in 2021. I started to say, I'm not only going to be talking about some of his predictions that came true, I'm also going to be talking about some of his predictions that did not come true. Yeah. Okay. So California case in point. <laughs> I think it's really neat, though, how we're able to connect the dots to make uh, California, which wasn't even discovered yet, into in 1503. Right. That's what I was wondering. It's like, he's talking about America like it was, it wasn't even a country then. It wasn't even found. It wasn't even. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was found. It was found. Oh, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, 1492. Columbus, yeah. Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but even then, it's like you're you're just talking about it like it's going to be this big. Yeah. Thing. Not to mention, in one of his letters, he mentions he doesn't say everyone, and I'll find it, but he does say that the vast majority of his predictions are concerning Europe. 
Yeah. yeah. So nothing to Which is good. I mean, yes. that would make sense. At it least. would. That's where he was born and raised <laughs> and lived his whole life. So that was the area he's familiar with. So let's give just a little quick history about Nostradamus. Um, Nostradamus's family had originally been Jewish. Uh, however, his father in um, had converted them to Catholic Christianity, which is weird a little bit. But uh, why do you say that? Well, just because I, I just uh, to me that's a weird switch from Jewish Judaism to. Catholicism, I guess that was a sign well, of the times. But. I think that the was it the king of France had like mandated that everyone be. Oh, that's right. I forget. Was it they ba- be a, baptized in the probably. in the Christian? Who did you say this happened to? His father. His father. His father changed, changed the last name yeah. to Nostradamus. I thought it was his grandfather. Maybe it was his grandfather. I, I'm pretty I sure it was, was his father, but I'm, according to Wikipedia, it was his father. But yeah, that's what I saw was his father. Um, he studied at the University of Avignon and was forced to leave after a year at university when it was closed due to the outbreak of the plague. That's right, the, bubon- the bubonic plague. He worked as an apothecary for several years before entering the University of Montpellier, um, hoping to earn a doctorate, but was almost immediately expelled after his work as an apothecary was discovered. He first got married in 1531. Unfortunately, his wife and his two children died in 1534 during another plague outbreak. Um, He worked against the plague alongside other doctors before remarrying to Anne Ponsarde, who with he had six children. He wrote an almanac. Um, and due to its success, he continued writing for them for future years and began working as an astrologer for various wealthy patrons. Um, Catherine de Misi became one of his uh, foremost supporters, and his very famous La Profiettes. Prof- How do you say that? That's a hard word. Where you at? Les Profiettes, the name of his book. Profits. Profits. Okay. Okay. Just the French word for prophecy is all it is. Okay. Was published in 1555. It relied heavily on historical and liter- literary precedent and was initially received by mixed receptions. He suffered from severe gout toward the end of his life, and which eventually turned into edema. He died on the 1st or 2nd of July in... 1566, and many, many people have retold legends about his life, and these legends have taken on a whole life of their own, to be blunt. Um, so, uh, the one thing, and you alluded to it a little bit about it, Brett, was during his adult time, the church was immensely powerful. Um, and the church was very against occultism. It was very against... Which he dabbled in, by the way. Which he dabbled in more than dabbled, I think. I think he was pretty pretty neck deep in it, but he was a good politician. 
he was smart about keeping the Pope in the loop and keeping the Pope uh, on the same page as him, per se, so that he wasn't uh, published. Now, there's rumors out there that some of his books were on the Pope's Do Not Read list or on the band list. That's just false. Um, I was going to even start out saying some of the things that uh, were or have been said in the past about him. Like he at one time, there there was a rumor that he had one time had kneeled before a future Pope, before yeah, the Pope. I, I heard about that, yeah. That didn't happen. That's that's false. That was some story made up. Um, I figured. Unfortunately, it just yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't some great seer, if you will. You know, there's story after story after story of this. And the more we, I dug Jerry, the more I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> the more I was like, why is this guy even famous? <laughs> Edgar Casey's a much better, more accurate seer than, than Nostradamus. And I think it's because he was so vague that he, we are able to pick and pull what we want to get out of it. After the fact. After the fact. Right. So, Jerry, won't you tell us a little bit, and I'll come back to some of the occultists, but tell us a little bit about um, some of the stuff. Well, as you mentioned, he wrote a book, uh, Les Prophecies or whatever. The, the English word is the prophecies. And the first edition came out in 1955. Now, that book in 1955, sorry. <laughs> yeah. The book in 1555 only contained 353 quatrains. There were others added to it, and the final omnibus edition that was published after he died had the final 942. And he intended to write 1,000. Supposedly, he did write 1,000. Uh, most experts believe that the 58 just got lost somewhere along the line. But they were organized into 10 groups of what they call centuries, 100 each. And most of these involved disasters, plagues, earthquakes, wars, floods, invasions, murders, things that would tend to be, uh, that would gain a lot of publicity. You know, the things that he talked about, again, as you said, after the fact, if we begin to, think that we can tie something to it, it begins to get a lot of attention. And that's exactly what's happened. Almost all of these were undated. Very few were. We'll get to that later. And many of them were based on foreshadowings by the Mirabilis Liber. The Mirabilis Liber was a book that was put together. It was a book of predictions and prophecies from various Christian saints that goes back to the 7th century up through the early 16th century that was first assembled and published in 1522. And most experts believe that that he borrowed from this book liberally. Uh, it, it's a known fact that he that many of what he published, that he prophesied, had come out earlier in this book. <laughs> now, so he was a plagiarist, too. Now, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. maybe. It depends on how you want to define it. And they weren't exactly using citations in the 1500s. Make sense? So when you barred from someone else's work, if it was a popular work, as the Rabelais Liber was, it was very popular. It was not at all considered to be 
uh, copywriting or plagiarism. It was considered to be a reflection of your respect for them, the fact that you're going to include their work. So that was the way it would have been looked at in that time. Again, it's not like they were using citations in that day and time. Now, there are many of his supporters that believe that his prophecies are genuine, even today. Due to the subjective nature of the interpretations, no two of them were going to completely agree on exactly what he predicted. Now, many of his supporters do agree, for example, that he predicted the Great Fire of London, the French Revolution, the rise of Napoleon and of Hitler, both World War I and World War II, the nuclear destruction of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Popular authors frequently claim that he predicted whatever major event had just happened at the time of their book's publication, such as the Apollo moon landing in 69, the space shuttle Challenger disaster in 86, and the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center in 2001. Now, that's a very impressive list, would you say? Yeah. If true. So, we're going to look at a few of them. The Great Fire of London. Here's exactly what the quatrain said. The blood of the just will commit a fault at London. Burnt through lightning of 23s the 6. Those last four words. 23s the 6. Remember those. Next line. The ancient lady will fall from her high place. Several of the same sect will be killed. Now, that's only interesting if you interpret 23's the 6 to mean 20 times 3 plus 6, which would be 66. Now, the Great Fire of London happened in 1666. It did mention London. So if you take those two... It had fire in there. <laughs> it, it had fire in there. But again, this says that the, great, that the fire was come from lightning. The Great Fire of London was started by flame in a bakery. Right, yeah. The ancient lady, and what did she signify? No clue. Neither does anyone who tries to interpret it. So again, this is reminiscent of many of his. They're so vague that after the fact... You could easily claim this is what he was talking about, and it happens on and on. Different story if someone could interpret ahead of time. We'll get to that in a minute as well. The coming of Adolf Hitler. Here's again what the quatrain says. From the very depths of the west of Europe, a young child will be born of poor people. He who by his tongue will seduce a great troop. His fame will increase toward the realms of the east. I'll be honest with you, I have no idea how you get out of Hitler from that. I just don't. I mean, was he born to poor parents? Yes, along with a few billion other kids. Was he born in Western Europe? Yes, along with a few billion other kids. <laughs> he who by his tongue will seduce a great troop. Now, again, this is not a few billion but every great leader there's ever been, whether it's political leader, military leader, are probably a good talker. That's normally the way that you get to be in charge of a, a large group of people. So he who by his tongue will seduce a great troop would probably describe 95% of all the leaders of any group. His fame will increase toward the realms of the East. Well, there's the East and the West, so you got a 50-50 chance of hitting that one. And by the way, his realm increased on both toward the East and the West from Germany. Next one. The Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs. 
So let's start with the quatrain. Near the gates and within two cities, there will be two scourges, the like of which is never seen. Famine within plague, people put out by steel, crying to the great immortal God for relief. Now, it paints a very bleak picture for telling famine within plague. It's potentially, according to his supporters, it's a reference to radiation sickness and the lasting disruption of war. People put out by steel. Again, his supporters say that the bombs that delivered the, the planes that delivered the bombs were made of steel. But isn't that a hell of a reach? When you stop and think, what part, if I just read you near the gates and within two cities, there will be two scourges, the likes of which was never seen. Famine within plague, people put out by steel, crying to the great immortal God for relief. You can, you can make the case for anything, any sort of war. Any, just literally. The last one I'm going to talk about, to me, is probably closer than any of the rest. The Kennedy assassination. His supporters believe that that was prophesied by Nostradamus. Here's what the quatrain says. The ancient work will be finished. Evil ruin will fall upon the great one from the roof. Dead, they will accuse an innocent one of the deed. The guilty one hidden in the copse of the drizzle. Now, the reason this one begins, I have no idea what the angel work will be finished might possibly mean, but evil ruin will fall upon the great one from the roof. Um, and when you look at the original French word, the roof could easily have been translated as from a high place. Well, he was shot from the sixth floor, I think it was, of the Texas Book Depository. Um, the next one, dead they will accuse an innocent one of the deed. Now, Lee Harvey Oswald was believed to have done it by most people. A lot of the conspiracy theorists says he was innocent. He was shot shortly after. Steve's got his hand in the air. He was shot and killed shortly after. Jack so Ruby. the line by Jack Ruby, the line that says dead, they will accuse an innocent one of the deed, according to the conspiracy theorists, would certainly apply in this case. Once again, guess whose <laughs> hand is in the air? Jerry, by the way, I keep wanting to do this episode about the whole JFK thing, and Jerry keeps poo-pooing it, saying that I'm crazy. Oh, you don't want to? Oh. No, I haven't said that at all. I've, said, I, I've thought about multiple times suggested the JFK incident. I just thought maybe there's a JFK? reason. No. We can do that. I just don't. I'm not saying that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was innocent. I will say I don't think he acted alone. Period. My father thought he was guilty but was killed to keep him from saying too much. I would agree with that. That's what I said that you probably were Absolutely. on the same line. That there, there are too many parallels in his life that run concurrently with people in his life that were involved heavily in the CIA, honestly. And that to me, that, that just screams red flags. <laughs> keep in mind with... Mr. Steve, it doesn't take much to scream red flags. No, it doesn't. Red flags, red flags, red flags. Now, I, I want to say this. No matter how many supporters he has, there is no evidence that any of his quatrains have been interpreted ahead of time and people publicly said this is what is going to happen, and it actually happened. Not one. Zero. 
what happens is we have a ton of people who want to write some books, and I'll go into that in a minute, and a ton of people not just that want to write books but have written books, and in an attempt to sell books, have said, well, if you interpret it this way, here's what it means. And I, oh, go I'm ahead. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 but you put in Nostradamus, and it's instant clickbait. And we kind of fall into that trap because we're covering it here. Now, we are hopefully covering it from a more realistic standpoint. And when people listen to this episode, they're going to be like, well, they didn't, they didn't believe half of what was, yeah. you know, they're going to walk away from this feeling a little different than they are of the people that want to sell the books. Absolutely. And if you just look up Notre Dame on Google, tons of articles just from the last couple of weeks. I was like, man, these are all like oh, two days ago. Part of that ago, is like, we're early into a new year. Right. And if you look at it historically, every year this happens. In December and January, people are coming out with their list of here's what these quatrains mean. I, mean, I got a big list that I was going to yeah. talk about for 2024. Another way of saying what I just said about none of his prophecies ever having been interpreted correctly ahead of time is this. Hindsight's 2020. You mean you mean nobody predicted twenty threes and six to be the year nineteen sixty six? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, the fact that none of these have been correctly interpreted doesn't mean that they haven't tried. Let, let's talk about a few of them that some that they got wrong, both before and after the fact. Nine eleven. Bunch of people have said that he correctly predicted nine eleven. This made its popular rounds on social media. Two steel birds will fall from the sky on the metropolis. The sky will burn at 45-degree latitude. Fire approaches the great new city. Immediately, a huge scattered flame leaps up. Within months, rivers will flow with blood. The undead will roam the earth for little time. couple small problems. Number one, that's not a quatrain. That's six lines. He didn't write anything with six lines. All 942 of his work quatrains. Number two, it begins with two still birds. Steel was invented in 1854, <laughs> 200 years after Nostradamus had passed away. So it would be highly unusual to believe that he started any of his quatrains or included the word steel. And believe it or not, the word steel is not in any of his quatrains. Now, another quatrain that's used to try to describe 9-11 sometimes, and this one actually exists, says this, earth-shaking fire from the center of the earth will cause tremors around the new city. Two great rocks will war for a long time, then Arthusa will redden a new river. I have no idea what that's that talking about. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. That sounds more like uh, you know, an earthquake. The, when, when you say that, earth-shaking well, fire well, from the center I was of the earth. Right, took it right out of my head, that sounds more like what happened at Fukushima. Any earthquake. Name you know, an earthquake. Because Fukushima had the caused the nuclear power plant to, to leak. Right. You know, that that's what I think of when you say that. Exactly. Again, I said it's twenty twenty. Again, you can say whatever you, you can want just say plug in whatever you want yeah. there. <laughs> you could put anything to it. We could sit here and you could just read them and me and Brett could just sit here and tell you what the first thing that pops yeah. in our head. We can play that game. Well, I got a couple more, and these are <laughs> unusual. Right, don't tell us what they mean. We're, me and Brett are going to guess. Well, 
And then you this then, one. then you can see as how close we are. As to read it, you're going to get the first one. Oh, that's okay. We'll play. Let's play uh, this game. I won't read the, what I'd listed as the title, but here's the quote okay. train. Okay. The year 1999, seventh month. Again, very unusual because almost all of his, vast, vast majority of his run dated. This one, the opposite. Again, starting from the beginning. The year 1999, seventh month. From the sky will come a great king of terror to bring back to life the great king of the Mongols before and after Mars to reign by good luck. Go ahead. Yes. I, well, I, I, I read this one, so I already know what it's about. Uh, or supposedly about. Uh, an asteroid hitting the Earth. One of two things is what they say, that it was going to be the beginning of World War Three and the end of the world, or just the end of the world in 1999 from asteroid or whatever. And that King of Terror is supposed to be the Antichrist. Another one. Oh. Next one. All right. The Quatrain. The third climate included under Aries. The year 1727 in October. The king of Persia captured by those of Egypt. Conflict, death, loss to the cross, great shame. What do you think? Ooh. It's, wow. I, mean, I read it again, but it's pretty self-explanatory what they thought. The third climate included under Aries. The year 1727 in October, the king of Persia captured by those of Egypt. Conflict, death, loss to the cross, great chain. I have no idea. My the third line good, is what they think. The king of Persia captured by those yeah. of Egypt. That was one of those leading up to 1727 in the month of October that everyone was going for his supporters was saying, hey, we're going to prove you all wrong now. This one's got a date. It uh, tells exactly what's going to happen. And guess what? The problem happened. with whenever you include a specific date like this one is the date is going to come. Right, right, right. And you can't be like, oh, well, that probably means this. <laughs> we can. I mean, but, but you got a date. But it didn't happen on this day that he yeah. said it was going to happen. And when the date does come and nothing remotely similar happens then how do you explain it away you're right you have a tough time doing it well the one back let me backtrack just a hair sure for the twin towers the okay. one that had the steel birds you would the thought that when they had created that they would have at least got the parallel right they were off one degree on the parallel as well <laughs> yeah it just uh by the way i mentioned earlier about um uh, him saying where most of these occurred, he wrote a letter introducing this to the King of France. And here's what he said. Uh, most of them being integrated with astronomical calculations corresponding to the years, months, and weeks of the regions, countries, and most of the towns and cities of all of Europe, including Africa and part of Asia, where most of all of these coming events are to transpire. Once again, Europe, including Africa and parts of Asia, where most of all of these are coming, most of all of these coming events are to transpire. Didn't mention America. He told where his predictions, and he says almost all of these. But it's amazing when you look at the people trying to translate them today, and suddenly it's 9-11. It's all in California falling into the ocean. <laughs> it's all these different things that, you know, someone is hoping you'll buy their book if you believe that. 
you know, it affects you somehow. I also think it's crazy scary how people use things of this nature. I mean, Goebel is known to have had leather-bound copies of this book that he would use to convince Hitler of moving against this enemy or that enemy. Well, Napoleon was said to have books uh, written by, like, Nostradamus books. I guess they were they were fake books, but he was he was said to have read you know what he thought was Nostradamus. So it's just crazy that these people of power and position that are in control of you know hundreds of people, hundreds of thousands of lives ultimately by I'm going to choose to invade this country based on the work of someone from the 1500s thought that was a good idea for this particular time, and that's how they interpreted it. And dude was probably just high on some sort of hallucinogens. <laughs> Trying to treat gout with octopus titties. But, I, I, to put this into another perspective, do we not have people today doing the exact same thing based upon their interpretation of some scripture and revelations, which sure. is prophecy? Sure. Now, are they able to command armies and convince kings? I don't know. I'm not, but I am saying that there's a lot of people trying to do the same thing today. Well, I mean, we, we cover cults on here pretty often. I mean, how many cults have convinced their their people to do mass suicides because they just knew there was something about to happen that they were convinced that the there's a comet coming that's going to destroy the Earth and they have to die before that happens. Well, I think there's something about a comet in one of his predictions as well. Yeah, I mean, just it, it just it's insane what people of weak mind will allow no, people of strong minds to to dictate. I agree. Let me finish this up sure. real quick, and I'll turn it over to Brett. Nostradamus didn't consider himself a prophet. He wrote a preface to this book that he dedicated to his son, Caesar. And in the preface, he says this. Furthermore, my son, though I have mentioned the name prophet, I do not wish to assume for myself a title so sublime for the present. For he who was called a prophet now was once called a seer. He goes on to say that he got his so-called prophecies from judicial astrology, which is the art of forecasting events by calculation of the planetary and stellar bodies and their relationship to the earth. In the 16th century, judicial astrology was also known as God's judgment announced in the stars, meaning when something happened, they thought if you wanted to find a reliable way to predict when it might happen again, look to see how the, the, the heavenly bodies were aligned. Find out the next time that they would be aligned in a similar way. That is judicial astrology. Almanacs, horoscopes, birth charts, and prophecies deduced from the stars were and are still today included in this practice. Now, as we said earlier, not a single one of Nostradamus's prophecies has been interpreted as predicting a specific event before it occurred, but that could change. And to tell us about some of Nostradamus's future predictions that very well make an idiot out of me, and of Steve, Mr. Brett. So, before you start, Brett, just yeah. let me... Come because I wanted to come back sure. to it. You mentioned right there at the end the reason why he was able to be able to write these books and not be persecuted by the church, and that is because right, yeah. um, he was 
He went to very Grace much. Scouts. He was very much afraid of being convicted he of hearsay by the Inqu- Inqu- Inquisition. Um, but neither prophecy nor astrology fell into that bracket. So he was allowed to do that. Yes. And that's why he put it in a very particular way. So he probably reason. didn't feel that privately, but publicly he always put always it in terms put it out because he knew it kept him legally in the clear. He would have been in danger if he had practiced, and I'm using air quotes, magic to support them. In 1538, he actually came into conflict with the Church of Jinn after an inquisitor visited the area looking for anti-Catholic views, he was briefly imprisoned at Marganay. I'm saying that completely wrong. In late 1561, but was so it was because he had violated a royal decree by publishing his 1562 without almanac permission. without the permission of a bishop. But he was. Keenly aware of the words yes, he, was. he was allowed to use and the words he wasn't allowed to use, and he was also aware that his original practice violated many right. of the laws. So, so he tried to word it in such a way to keep yes. himself out of prison. Yeah, he was a very smart seer, if he you was. will. Sorry, Brett. What, so just building on that, one thing that I saw in one of the documentaries I watched, and again, I don't know where they got this source or not, but. <clears throat> One thing that they had said he had done was predicted the death of the king and also four of the seven children of uh, the king queen at the time. And because of that, he won favor with the queen and she was able to kind of keep him, or you protect him from persecution from the church. Um, so anyways, yeah. I'd, yeah, the dude, uh, dude is definitely interesting. So some of the predictions that have yet to come, or uh, he had predicted and we thought was going to come and hasn't yet. The first one I thought was pretty interesting was zombies. So, according to Nostradamus, the dead will rise from their graves for the games of slaughter around the millennium in the year of the seventh number. So, around the millennium in the year of the seventh number, that would have been 2010, or 2007, sorry, 2007. We did not have zombies in 2007. So the other option would be what? the 71st century, which would be, you know, uh, 3007. Uh, but again, that's, it could happen, I guess. <laughs> um, Let us know when you find out. I will. I will. Uh, <laughs> another thing he said, uh, there was going to be four year, 40 years of flood followed by 40 years of drought. Um, so I think the the term he used was there's going to be forty straight years of rainbow followed by forty years with no rainbow. Um, this has not happened yet. Um, again, could happen. We'll see. Uh, the the article I had I was uh, looking at they said um, weather across the globe is getting worse because of global warming, and North America apparently faces a ninety eight percent chance of a so-called mega drought between 2050 and 2099 so you never know uh one another thing he he predicted was a catastrophic earthquake that's a pretty uh i could be anything <laughs> any earthquake that's ever happened <laughs> i'm sure they all got one thing that to. so when, when i was looking at this one thing i did it did come to mind again you were saying that he had said everything was uh, all of his predictions were in Europe. 
But the New Madrid fault, which is very close to us now, is yeah. something that just popped in my head because I think <clears throat> now every ten years the the chances of that fault uh, slipping and us getting a catastrophic earthquake is it increases quite and, significantly. Not to get in, but that's something I studied a lot because it it interests me. They they say that the New Madrid fault which runs the Mississippi River Valley, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, um, and Indiana, or Illinois and Indiana. When that shift happens, first of all, it's going to be a very deep fissure. But when that shift that happens, we're not prepared for it, say, like Japan and California. In right. California and Japan, they're required to build... And all the buildings have been retrofitted for earthquakes so that they can survive up to like a seven or an eight um, Richter scale event. None of the buildings within any of the area of the New Madrid Fault are up to that code. None. You definitely don't want to be in a big city when that happens. And I think Kentucky's up to two and a half, aren't we? What? I'm joking. That was a joke. <laughs> So basically, you know, St. Louis, Kansas City, um, Memphis, Memphis. Nashville, I think Memphis is actually. Uh, it's right in the middle of the fall. I think, from what I remember, I, this has been forever since I've looked at this stuff. But I think Memphis has taken some precautions for this. Um, but anyway, yeah, but anyways, yeah, yeah that's, but that's, we're, we're very underprepared. For very this. underprepared. And it, like I said, it, this was when I learned. I remember I learned this about this the first time in high school, which was ten years ago, and they were saying that it was. Very likely at that point, so yeah. it's just continues to. Anyways, that that's something that popped in my head. Again, he predicted a catastrophic earthquake. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> uh, Take your pick. A weekend west. He did. He predicted that. So um, let's see if I can get the actual quote here. Um, where is that? All right. Apparently, I didn't write. That. But basically, they're saying that China is considered the next world world superpower. So maybe China is going to come in, and you know, the West is going to be weakened, and China of the East is going to come up and be the next superpower. True, but on the other hand, they were saying the exact same thing fifty years ago. Only it was Russia. Russia. Yeah. Right. And and, and right. That's what I'm saying. It's like these are very vague predictions. Yeah. Uh, world War Three. I, I I think he's the only person that's ever predicted a World War Three, if I'm remembering correctly. Do you guys find any other predictions of World War Three? Well, first of all, World War doesn't; those words don't right, exist right. in the prophecies, right. or the, they just don't exist. Some now, great there, word. there's some vague wording that some people that took to mean World War One, World War Two, and World War Three. But again, it's as we said about almost everything. If you want to hammer at it long enough, hard enough, after the fact, you can probably eventually make that rock look like something that the, the way you're trying to describe it. But none of this was predicted ahead of time for World War One or Two. If you want to go and look up every year since, I believe, 2000, some of the supposed Nostradamus interpreters have predicted this is the year that he says is going to be World War Three. <laughs> Well, we've completed 23 years since, and none of those were the beginning of World War III, so well, who knows? The good news is, Jerry, if you're writing books, um, now it's very easy to write books. You can go in, you can save it on your computer, 
the very next year, you can say, well, it didn't happen last year. It's going to happen this year. I made a slight year. mistake. Make a slight mistake, change yeah. it, and reprint and republish exactly. your book. So you can sell more books every year. Good point. You know. There's a lot of money to be made off of Nostradamus. And, yes, you know, we, we said it in the very beginning, there's a lot of clickbait. You know, that, oh, no, Stradamus, I want to read about that. What's he right. predicting for today? You know, like. Very the, true. And many people have predicted World War Three. also. It is not just Nostradamus. <laughs> Supposedly Nostradamus. So, it, yeah, it, I think in uh, 1981, it was claimed the Third World War was started in 1994 and continued until at least 1999. Well, it's 2024. It didn't happen. So, um, now, I, I will say. <clears throat> I, I somewhat disagree with Jerry because some of the stuff with the the three antichrists that he predicted, where the first one they think is Napoleon, the second one being Hitler, and the third one has not come to pass yet. But the first two with Napoleon and Hitler, I kind of bought in. I kind of bought in. Those are the only two. But I was like, okay, that I see it. <laughs> Now, let me ask you this, not trying to dispute you in any way. Do you think before Napoleon or before Hitler, if you'd read it, you would have made the same connotation? No, I, and, and, and see, this is the, here's the problem. is that The documentaries I was watching to research this, I, I watched a couple documentaries, read a bunch of articles. The documentaries were very much like that Nostradamus' word is, is gospel. gospel. I mean, it's... <clears throat> If he said it's going to happen, it's happening. And so the way they presented some of this stuff, like I, I watched one specifically on the three antichrists that was supposedly predicted. And the way they had presented it was like, oh, well, Hitler already knew about this prediction. And he was like, he used that, uh, which, which you kind of alluded to. And then, you know, Napoleon supposedly, you know, had a, you know, works of Nostradamus uh, with him, uh, Anyways, it, again, they're very vague predictions. I thought that it was kind of interesting that it applies, it, especially with the... So now, before the podcast, we, we talked about the... Uh, what, what, what is there... What do people say that he called Hitler? Hitner? Hister. Hister, Hister. And when Jerry looked it up in, uh, in the, the prophecies, it's not in there at all. The <laughs> word doesn't exist. So I, I don't know where that's coming from, I, <laughs> but I, I heard that many times. A lot of it comes cool? from, there's this one particular lady who is targeted and, and credited, not targeted, credited for doing a lot of the quatrains, because the quatrains were read and written in three different languages, and one of those languages was Old French. So the Old French, we don't have words to to interchange with a lot of the words from old French. So what this lady did was go in and she basically made up a bunch of stuff to make it make sense. Which, well, that's, to be honest, what almost every person who's right. written books supposedly translating right. and that's in the last where they 50, take 60 the, years. And that's where they take the most liberty is with the old French stuff because we don't have words. So they kind of put what they want in there to oh, fit they what they want. Yeah. It's not just old French. It's all of it. Latin, yeah. and I forget the other one, yeah. Provencal or something. It was a, a dialect in part of France, but it wasn't French. 
So, but they're doing it with all of the languages. Yeah, and it's really kind of neat. I mean, the guy was smart. You can't just write in three different languages like that and not be and, and make something make a little bit of sense. Um, he was well, very even smart. just right. Even he's just a creating, smart dude. Even if you think he's a, you know, he's a, you know, hoax. Just being able to write in such a way where people two thousand years or you know five hundred six hundred years later. We're still talking look about back and, Yeah, look back and be like, oh, we, this, he must have been talking about this. It, it, when, I was, when, when I started researching it, I, again, at first I started to buy in. I was like, man, this is crazy. I can't believe uh, <laughs> he's been able to predict all this stuff. But then I started to like look at like what Jerry was and not just take the face value of, oh, well, he predicted this. He predicted that. But actually look at what he said that supposedly predicted these events. And I was like, it, it made me think of psychics of today now i, I don't want to piss anybody off about i don't i think psych, psychics are a big psycho bunch of uh <laughs> crap but <clears throat> but that's what they do is they take these vague predictions and that they, they could apply to anything yep okay so let me let me just throw a couple things out real quick well just because we went to one last week <laughs> 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 not true not true at all but listen, that'd be really funny. So a few weeks ago, you were talking about psychics and and how they are today. A few weeks ago, we covered um, stories of alien attacks. Do you remember? Yeah. One of those stories was the Christian County event incident that right. happened in Christian County, Kentucky. Guess what else happened in Christian County, Kentucky? A psychic was born. I don't know. Edward Casey. And anybody who knows anything about seers or prophets or visionaries knows who Edgar Casey is, known as the Sleeping Prophet. Um, and he was wildly popular for being accurate, if you will. But it was much more personal stuff as opposed to, oh, we're going to bring down a bunch of buildings or we're having a massive earthquake and so, you know, that was kind of cool. Maybe the aliens were trying to find Edward Casey and find their way home. I don't know. Just thought bring it up. I remember but, I remember watching this, this I don't want to dwell on psychics too much, but I remember watching this TV show. It was like a, you know, reality TV show where this psychic would, you know, had her she had her own show and you know, she was successful enough to have her own show and uh she was in this room full of people and she picked out this old woman. And she was like, uh, I'm getting getting some psychic whatever mumbo jumbo from from you. She's like, You've lost somebody, haven't you? This woman's like freaking eighty-five years old. <laughs> You've lost someone close to you, haven't you? You know, she's my husband. Oh, he he wants to tell you something. He wants to say that he loves you. And girl the, the way and the ladies just start to weep and I'm like you're buying this crap? I mean, it's just, I mean. There was a guy that had a show like that, too. I was like, wait, oh, no kidding, you've lost somebody. You probably lost a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it, anyways, I don't want to, like, well, crap on everybody who believes in psychics, but until I see some more evidence that there's a, I, I think it's a bunch of crap. But anyways. Well, I, that, can, I can assure you that I believe that there are people who have, Visions of the future. But the people that are doing that for real aren't out here making millions of dollars doing it. They're not doing it for promotion. Have you seen the, the hotline that you can call? No. For a psychic. 
1-800 numbers. Late night TV, they run ads for them. Yeah. They've been doing it 20 years. I don't watch late night TV, Jerry. I can't remember where I saw it. I, I saw it. it How many have you called this week? The late night ones? Yeah. I shouldn't say. <laughs> so, back to... Anyway, it, anyways, it almost... It seems like he was just a, one of those kinds of people, but before... So, what I want to ask you guys is, do you think that he, when he was writing these prophecies, do you think that he was just a, a crook trying to, like, you know, make a name for himself, which I, I'll, I'll, I'll give my opinion, I guess, after you guys, but, or do you think that he actually believed that he was making some sort of prediction, and... Turns out, you know, it, I mean, I guess you could believe that these predictions are actually real. I, I think that we all can agree that we think there's they're a bunch of mumbo jumbo. But. I think that they are written in such vague terms because I, I let me back up. I think that he thought what he was writing was real, and they were written in a vague term because he may have not been able to adequately describe what it was he was thinking. You know, even um, we we often talk about the Bible here because the Bible intersects in a lot of what we do, especially in the Old Testament. They use a lot of um, visual aids, if you will. And they do that because they're predicting stuff that's going to happen in four, eight, six hundred years that they have no idea how to describe it. So they're using wordage that they know that is to describe something that they saw but don't have words for. Right. And I think that some, I, I think that the truth that, in this case, Nostradamus believed what he wrote, but it was written in a vague form because he didn't have the words for what he saw. Well, and if he's writing about stuff like the Challenger blowing up or right. you know us saying, he would have to write in vague or in, right. in terms because that, he doesn't know what steel is. It's not invented right. for another two hundred years, right? So he might talk <laughs> about it, but he wouldn't be calling it steel, right? Right. It would be something, but it wouldn't be steel. So I, I absolutely believe that he thought he was writing what he totally what he saw. I, I agree, hundred percent, and not just because of what you said, but because he's risking persecution from the church. Absolutely, and like, he's the all powerful church. Yeah, when you when you look at his life, his training, he spent the majority of his life on these things. Yeah, who would spend the majority of their life studying? And we agree, he's a very intelligent man. Yeah. yeah spoke several languages. He was incredibly bright. Uh, who's going to spend the majority of your life studying something that you think is a complete lie? It, it wasn't like he became uber rich off of this. This doesn't even get famous until after he passes. Right. You know, so... And you mentioned that you thunk, think, thunk. <laughs> you think that part of the problem was he didn't have words to describe it. I think part of the problem also was... What he was doing according to himself, the judicial astrology, was to look at past events and think that that is a very good predictor of similar future events. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to be exact. Right. That's part of the reason for his vagueness. Maybe he was the creator of the timeline Marvel used for the for the 
for for the way the Hulk described it. Anyway, never mind. So let's 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 judge it. I'll go first tonight because I'm usually never going first. Nostradamus, I'm gonna give it a thumbs down until something until something actually happens. I'm gonna be like, no, I'm done with it. No more clickbait for Steve. I'm out. I give it a thumbs up. It has already had so much attention. It needs some more attention to prove how false it is. <laughs> you can't leave it alone at this point. It's too big. Now, I I agree with both of you. because <laughs> This is the way it always goes. I, I agree it. with both of you because, <laughs> yes, I think that people need to stop talking about this dude's predictions. But also, people need to look at the actual predictions that he made and not just the clickbait of like, oh, he predicted the JFK assassination. Well, what did he actually say about that? You know, it's like, oh, you're, so this is the JFK assassination, huh? Like, this is what you're... Uh, <laughs> I agree. I, yeah. So I'm going to play Steve here for a second. No sideways thumbs allowed. Thumbs up <laughs> or thumbs down. <laughs> I'm going to say thumbs up to more information about like yes. what he actually said. What he Nostradamus because it was so hard to find. It was so hard to find what he actually said. None of the articles I read were quoting him verbatim. Well, you can't. You can't. Why is there no two versions of the Bible that are verbatim identical? Same deal. Now the Bible goes back further than the 1500s, but you have the same problem anytime you're trying to take text that's hundreds of years old and translate it until to today's term. It's impossible to have 10 people do it and not have 10 different versions. Yeah. But do you think it's the same thing when they're... You think it's the same thing as the Bible's translations where they're coming up with like, oh, well, he's no. talking about steel here. Part of it is in this case, and maybe some versions of the Bible, I don't know. But in this case, a lot of the problem is you've got people trying to sell books and they're trying to make the story fit the narrative. Right. Period. That's a big part of your problem with some of the crazy translations. Now, most of the translations that it, it's real, it's real obvious. You can use Google Translate and get halfway close, right? There might be. We mentioned uh, the word roof, and it could be translated as a high place. That makes sense, because, right? Because you can like understand with, how someone could do that, right? But you can't take roof and turn it into Mountain the top. seventh story of a ocean right. cruise liner, right? That's stupid. And the reason why I say it is because I think with the Bible translations, this is kind of how I see it. It's like, so I'm, I live in Kentucky. I'm going to say a c- certain thing a certain way. Like, this because of the way I was raised, the way we talk here in Kentucky. You go talk to somebody in New York, they're going to say the same thing in a completely different way. We're saying the same thing. We're just saying it in a different, different. a different way. And I think that's, that's, that's how I kind of see the Bible. Well, some of it, but I, not always. Yeah. Well, I like to think that that's... Well, that's Wait. a different topic. Anyways, different but, it, but, I, but this is like, if you're making up like, oh, well, he said steel. He said, uh, you know, I, I keep forgetting what they called Hitler. Hister. Hister. He, he, like, he said all these things that he didn't actually say just to, just to like you said, push your narrative. Um, it seems. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It seems different. But anyways. Interesting. So you two outgunned me today. But wow, I'm not sure this, how I, I feel think about it. I think but we all agree. For the same ultimate reason. We, I think we all agree. I'm just glad we're going to do JFK finally. I yes. do. I'm super pumped. Okay. That one's huge. Now, we need that to is a that big one, one a few I, I, weeks' notice to yeah. do some proper research yeah. for it. Yeah, that's going to take a while. That's a big one. 
Man, that episode is really interesting. And if you'll stick around for us for just a few commercials, we have another great story to tell you. Hi, this is Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. When it comes to buying a home, the process can be overwhelming and confusing. With so many options, it can be hard to know where to start. That's why it's important to work with a certified mortgage loan originator. I have the knowledge and expertise to guide you through the process and find the best mortgage option for you. I will work with you every step of the way to ensure that you are getting the best deal possible. So if you're looking to purchase or refinance, please reach out to me at 502-680-0953. So don't take on the stress of buying a home alone. Work with me and I will make your dream a reality. Trust the professionals and make your home buying experience a positive one. MLS ID 448908, DAS Acquisition Company, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, MLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is equal housing opportunity. If you want us to review or rate your product on air, if you have suggestions for new episodes, awesome ghost stories, or anything else, please reach out to us. Our email address is newsworthywithstephenjerry at gmail.com. Our text number is area code 540-709-1318. And now, back to the story. For tonight's bonus story, I have a bit of bad news. You're stuck with me instead of Steve. But there is good news. It's temporary. He'll be back next week. Tonight's bonus story is closely related to our main topic. As we've already discussed, Nostradamus is best known for his book of prophecies, But that wasn't the only thing that he wrote about. In fact, it wasn't even the first. One of his earlier publications was called The Treatise on Cosmetics and Conserves. The Conserves is a sweet food made by preserving fruit with sugar. It's jam, basically. So, yes, Nostradamus wrote a cookbook. But don't forget the first part of that title was Cosmetics. So this book has instructions on how to make everything from blonde hair dye to laxatives and even toothpaste, which, by the way, was made using ground cuttlefish bone and shells from sea snails. The book offered recipes for candied orange peel, marmalade, cherry jam, pear preserve, and quince jelly, fit to set before a king. If you go to our podcast website with this week's episode, we've included one of his recipes for cherry jam. He also had a recipe for a love jam which was made from mandrake apples, the blood of seven male sparrows, and eyelets from the arms of an octopus, among other things. He said, and this is his words, it was so powerful that it would induce a burning of her heart to perform the love act when the concoction combined with saliva in the midst of a kiss. So, Apparently, Nostradamus was roofing women back in the 1500s. Who knew? Now, to summarize the book up, it has recipes on everything from making powerful laxatives to pills that prevent the plague to toothpaste and cherry jam. If there was ever a cookbook where you do not want to mix up the recipes, this is the one. And Jerry, if you can't see the light, Be the light.